Welcome to the Radiant Life Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we pray will inspire your heart and challenge your faith. For more information on RLC, please visit myrlc.family or check us out on social media. Have a blessed day. Now here's your message. Man, we're excited to be, uh, I don't I have no clue, it's been so many weeks that we've been in this series that I don't even know what part it is, but man, here we are in the power of choice. I know it's been a number of weeks, and um, this morning we're going we're to be looking at our key verse, which is Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. It says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose. So you're seeing the power of choice right here with Joshua. Then you choose yourselves this day whom you will serve. So there's a choice that we all have to make, and there's many choices that we make throughout days, throughout, throughout weeks, throughout years, and so we want to make sure that we're making the wisest choice, right? Sometimes we're like, well, is that right or wrong? Just tell me if it's right or wrong. Well, well sometimes we just have to ask ourselves, is that the wisest choice for our lives? And today, we're going to be talking about another choice and how we get to choose to be generous, now, I know some of you are like, so we're talking about money. We're going to talk a little bit about money, but we're talking about generosity when it comes to the three T's, the treasure, the time, and the talent. Are we generous with all those areas of our life? And before we jump in, right off the bat, I want to share with you, there's a big difference between being generous and living generous. Okay, there's a difference between being generous and living generous generous. And, and let me explain a little bit what that difference is. Being generous is, man, I, I, I see the need and I want, I, I, I'm just going to go ahead and meet it. Like there's, there's a picture that comes up on the screen about missions or, or a missionary. And so, yeah, we'll go and, 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 and we're going to do our part and we'll, we'll be sending. Uh, and then there's living generous, which means we're constantly looking for opportunities whether that's with our treasures, whether that's with our time or whether that's with our talent. And so it's this heart of generosity about not just being, but living. Um, let me, I'll unpack it for you like this. If I were to ask, if I were to come up to you today after service, I wouldn't do this, but let's say I did. And I just said, I don't think you're a good person. What would you say? What would you say? Probably. Probably. No, that's not, you're, you're awesome, Connor. You wouldn't say that, right? But there's, there's this, hey, we would, we would begin to defend ourselves. Like, no, I'm a good person. And we would go back and start to begin explaining all the reasons why we are good. Um, where are all the married people in the room? All the married people, put your hands up. All right, all the happily married people, put your hands up. <laughs> now, that was a trick question. Some of you failed on that, right? It's, it, we're, right? Like, no, I'm, all, I'm always happy. And, and, uh, but, but here's the deal. How many know sometimes it's tough to win an argument with your spouse? Do you know what makes that even harder? Again, Trick question, okay? Uh, you know what makes that even harder is when we use words, and we, I talk about this when I do premarital counseling. There are words you want to avoid. The words rarely, you never, or you always. Okay, because most of the time that is not the truth. But inside of those, when we say things like, you rarely spend time with the kids. As soon as, as, soon as something like that comes out of our mouth, the other person begins to go, oh, no, 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 no. I do spend time with the kids. Actually, you know what? Two weeks ago, I took them to McDonald's and to Walmart to get a toy, right? So we begin to what? Defend ourselves or prove that is not true. Like you never helped me clean. Never helped me clean. That's not true. Because three months ago, I did two loads of laundry. 
See what I did there? Like, no, like I did that, but it was just months ago. You missed that. So you can't say I never because I do. Right? Or, or how about this one? You always choose the easy jobs. Always choose the easy jobs. And then all of a sudden you're like, no, that's not true. You want to know why that's not true? I picked up dog turds for 10 minutes before I cut the grass, right? So I, what I, I did something, so I don't always choose the easy jobs. And so what do we do? We go back to moments in time to prove the opposite of being true. And today, when we're talking about being generous with our treasures, our time, and our talents, I just want us to be careful. I don't want us to go back and go, no, 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 that one time, right? Five years ago, I was generous, Right? Well, that one time, like there was this need and, and Pastor Anthony put it out that we were doing First Friday and we needed some help. And so, man, remember like that two years ago when he asked, I showed up. Those are great. And I, and I love that we have opportunities to be generous. But today I want to I wanna be able to hone in and lean into not just being generous, but living generous. Having a lifestyle of generosity with our time, our treasures, and our talents. And here's why. Because we are generous because love gives. Last week, we, we talked about uh, that God is love. And so if God is love, that means he, he is a giver by nature. It's in his character. It's who he is. And so, so you think about it all the way from creation. The world is created. Everything is great. And then sin enters the world. And when sin entered the world, there became a problem. There became a giant chasm or a large gap between where we are and where the heavenly father is. And that gap could only be filled with, 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 with a spotless lamb. And so God in all his wisdom says, man, there's this gap. And so I'm going to give. And not only am I going to give, I'm going to give my very best. And I'm going to give my one and only son. And he's going to come down from the heavens in onto earth. And he's going to live his life, a sinless life. There's no guilt in, in him. And so he gives his life and he is beaten. He is flogged. He dies a criminal's death on a cross. And then he, he, he is put into a grave. And then three days later, he rises again. Why? Because love gives. The love of a father was given to us. And so now we look at that and we go, man, if that's the way that God loves me, if his goodness is always running after me, then how am I going to steward this time, this treasure, and these talents? Because he's given to me. How do I give back to him? And that's what we're going to lean into for the next few moments. And we're going to dive right in to how do we steward and live generously with our treasure if you turn to the book of Genesis, chapter four, verses two through five, and I just want to preface this the first service. I talked a lot about it, and then I realized I jacked it up, and so people couldn't. We do have an amazing Radiant Life Church app where you can take notes. And so if you have not downloaded that, you can go to the website and you can click download, whether that's Android or Apple. And then along with the notes is you can just click the button and it auto fills, and then you can save that note. And then you're like, man, I have the message that was preached right here on my phone. And then you can click Genesis chapter four and follow along as well. And it says when they, here's what it says in Genesis chapter four, it says when they grew up. And so now you're seeing an offering, you're seeing treasures being used. It says when they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. All right. So one is farming and the other one's taking care. Both are farmers. One's taking care of uh, the animals, the other is taking care of the ground. It says, when it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. The key word there, when it came time for the harvest, right, as in I've already done the work and now I'm going to give some, that's the next key word, some of those crops. He did that and it says, Abel also brought a gift, the best portion, key word, best portion 
of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. So we know that the Lord has an opportunity because he sees what we cannot see, which is into the heart. Right? And I wonder if this was a heart issue with Cain uh, when it comes to this offering. But I also know that, that inside of this, that what Cain, Cain was like, listen, now that I've harvested, now you can have some. And Abel said, no, the very best that I have is going to be yours. And I, I wonder if it lets us know that bring your first and your best and not your rest. Bring your first and your best and not your rest. And I know that, that many of you in the room follow this principle. Uh, I can tell because you're nodding and you're like, yes, that's what I try to do. I want to bring my first and my best. And you recognize that and you've understood that you can live on 90% with God's blessing greater than you can live on 100% without. Yeah. Right? I can live on 90% with his blessing so much better than I can live on 100% without. And so we understand that our generosity is an act of a worship. We talk about it all the time, like when we're mentioning worship, like it, we're mentioning about offerings. It's, it's an act of worship, but it's more than just giving your wealth. If you look at your money, it's a, it's a great indicator of what's in our heart. Yeah. Right? When we look at our money, it's a great indicator of what's in our heart. The Apostle Paul, um, and he hated Christians. He killed them, and, and, and now all of a sudden his life is being transformed. And, and so this guy who used to imprison, beat, and torture uh, others is now transformed. And here's what he has to say. He says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, I urge you to offer. Now he's talking about giving. He's talking about being a steward. And he says, I want you to give your bodies as a living sacrifice, not just wealth, right? We can, we can give wealth, but he's saying, man, I want to start with your life. We can create more money, but are you willing to, to start with your life? And this is your true and proper worship. At the end of service today, we're going to do something very special. Um, if you didn't have a chance to see the video on our Facebook group or, or you weren't here last week and when I talked about it, we're going to do what's called a reverse offering, and I'll explain it at the end of service. But, but it's going to be an opportunity for us to steward our treasures well. The scripture, over 500 times, talks about prayer and faith. So if it talks about something that much, how many know it's trying to get our attention? Like that we are to ha be people of faith and we are to be people of prayer. Well, the scripture also over 2,000 times talks about money. 40% of the parables that Jesus spoke about were in regards to finances and how we are supposed to steward those treasures. But they're not just in our finances. How many know the treasure? We, we have treasures that are people. Right, Pastor Angel and, and Olivia are in El Salvador, and uh, so they text me when they're getting off the plane. Hey, we landed. Things are great. They texted me when they got to where they were doing ministry. Everything's really good. Things are great. And, and so it was, uh, Wednesday, it was Thursday night, and things were going really good, and so I was sending some text messages, and I wasn't getting any responses. And I was like, well, that's weird. Maybe she's just busy. She's settling in. No big deal. And uh, any time that I've been out of, over, out of the country or she's been out of the country or even when, in, anywhere we're traveling and we're not with each other, we always check in at night and then we check in in the morning. And I was like, okay, great. And I'm sending messages. And next thing you know, it's 11 o'clock and it's midnight and it's 1 a.m. And then it's 2 a.m. And I'm still up. And I'm not getting any messages. And then I was like, okay, maybe she's just tired, jet lag, totally get it. Only had three hours. I'll... I'm sure in the morning she'll reach out. Morning comes. Nope. Okay, things are good. No worries. No problems. Because I'm a man of faith. Right? I'm a man of faith. And I trust the Lord that he is taking care of my wife and my daughter. I didn't have any anxiety. I didn't worry. But I will tell you that I was ready to book a flight. Right? Like, I didn't hear nothing. What is happening? 
Like, I'm gonna go fight somebody. I'm going to El Salvador. I don't know how I'm gonna get my gun on the plane, but I'm going. And I was ready to throw hands. And because uh, don't worry, I was a man of faith. I was praying and I was trusting the Lord that everything was okay. And uh, I was meeting with, I think it was with Pastor Anthony. And all of a sudden my phone starts ringing. I fly out of the room. I was like, I gotta go. And I was like, hello? I was like, are you safe? She's like, yeah, everything's really great. Why? I said, you didn't text me. <laughs> and she goes, oh, I sent you like four or five. And I was like, Verizon, I'm coming for you. <laughs> I want a refund. <laughs> I want a refund because now I need to go see a cardiologist about these heart, this heart issue I'm now having. So we have treasures in people. We have treasures in our possessions. But I wonder, and this is not meant to be shame, because I think sometimes when I say things, I'm like, this is not to be shame. This is meant to just challenge us and maybe open up our eyes. Right? When's, the, when's the last time you went without so somebody else could have something? Right? I, I think about in, in other countries. Like, like, it, it, there are moments where, like, to go to school, they need, they need black shoes to be able to go to school in Asia. It costs about four bucks. And if they don't have those shoes, they can't go, can't go to school. And, and on a blink, of a, a blink of an eye, we'll drop a hundred bucks on a pair of shoes like it's nobody's business. And I'm not saying it's wrong. Okay, hear me this. This isn't like, oh, don't buy, don't be broke, be poor. But could we go without so somebody could have something? Could, could, we, could we not have, uh, I'm saying this because I just bought uh, some shoe organizers for all, all of my shoes. So this is, not, this, is, this is not me casting like, you're horrible. Uh, I just get mine on sale at Kohl's, Black Friday, $16.99, let's go. Um, but, but here's the deal, is, is like, can, we, can we be able to make a decision and make a choice to be able to bless somebody else? It was a few years ago, um, we were having a garage sale. We had, just, we had just moved into our house. And how many know when you move, you bring stuff with you, and then you realize you didn't need any, half the stuff that you brought with you. And so we were like, hey, let's do this huge yard sale. And we had all these tables. We put all this stuff. And I was like, this is going to be great. We're going to raise a few hundred bucks. And man, we're going to use that for vacation. We're going to get a nice dinner. I was like, we're ready to go. And all of a sudden, it's out. And my kids go, hey, Dad, what if, what if we gave that to missions? And I was like, that's a horrible idea. <laughs> that. That money has stake written on it. And you're talking about giving it away. Of course, I said, that's a beautiful idea. And let's, let's do that. Right? And so maybe, maybe you have a yard sale and you're like, how, how can I help the birthing center in Tanzania? How, how can I help raise that $25,000? Because remember, we're going to raise $25,000. I think we're already at like 16. Just want you to know. So we're crushing it. We're doing a great job. But, but we raise 25. Somebody else matches that, not to 50, but to three quarters of a million dollars. There is a donor that's matching that donation. That, all those, all those, that million dollars right there will buy all the equipment necessary so that children will be, have an opportunity to be born in the country of Tanzania where one out of three die because of a lack of supplies and adequate supplies and facilities, right? And so we're like, man, our generosity is truly changing the world. And so are we willing to bring our worship with our treasures? But something I feel that's harder to even give than our treasures is our time. Right? We can make more money, but we cannot produce more time. A.W. Tozer says it this way, when you kill time, remember that it has no resurrection. Right? You cannot go back and get that back. And as a society, we are starved for time. Right? We are so busy. It's rush, 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 run, run, run. How many know what I'm talking about? How many? It's nonstop. And, and the problem with our busyness is we're forgetting to enjoy our life. Like it's, it's, it's to the point where it's like if someone came up to you and said, hey man, you, you busy? Yeah, I'm really busy. But I'm so busy I don't have the time to talk to you about how busy I am. And so we run and are we being good stewards of the time? And I'm going to make a bold statement this morning. You have enough time to do everything that God wants you to do. Yeah. 
You have enough time to do everything that God wants you to do. I, I wonder, and I have a question, when is the last time you stopped long enough to focus on what matters most? Right? Do you pause long enough? Or do we live so distracted and so busy that we miss it? Uh, there's a great biblical account in the book of Luke, chapter 10, verses 38 through 40. Uh, and, we, and we know this, we've preached it. You, if you've been at church any length of time, you've probably heard this. And this is, Jesus is coming to town and he's gonna hang out with Mary and Martha. And we're gonna see uh, two different responses to Jesus being in the room. And it says, as, the disciple, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. So I'm sitting and I'm pausing and I'm being present, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. And she came to Jesus and said, Lord, does it, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. Like, Jesus, doesn't it make sense for her to serve alongside of me? Doesn't it make sense? And it's in this moment where we see that we need to be good stewards of our time. Right, because Jesus gave, gave the information as you continue to read on in that text. But, but how, do we, how do we steward that time wisely? Here's, I'm going to give you three quick things on how we can steward our time. The first is this, is be fully present. How many know that you can be in a room but not in a room? Right, like you can be in a space but not in a space. You could, you could be having a conversation but you're not really having a conversation. Like you get done and you go, if I'm just being honest, I have no clue what you just said. Because we were there, but we weren't there. And I wonder if there's a challenge to us to be able to, wherever we're at, be present. Right today, it's 11.54, and how many know that lunchtime is approaching? And you may be thinking, where are we going for lunch? What are we going to do for lunch? And so we're talking about being a good steward and being fully present, but then sometimes we get distracted. And, not, and then once we figure out, hey, we're going to go to lunch, and this is where we're going to go, and then we're all going to sit around a table... And what do we do? We're going to be distracted. And so for us, we have to make sure that wherever we are at, would you be fully present? If that, you grow where you're planted. And so if we're going to grow where we're planted, that means we have to have deep roots. That means we have to be fully present. And so that's a great way for us to steward our time is to make sure that we are there. Number two is take some time out. Like how many of you as adults wish somebody would put you in time out and send you to a room? <laughs> like, you know what? Send me to my room. I dare you. Matter of fact, let it be two days because I'm not coming out. But, but the creator of the world, he creates and then he rests. On the seventh day, he rested. Everything was good and now it's going to rest. And, and that, what does that teach us? It teaches us that we need to rest. If the creator rested, who has unlimited power and potential, there's nothing that he cannot do. We just sing about it. Then he didn't need to rest because he just keeps going. There's always more. His tank never goes on E, yet he rests. Uh, in a few short weeks, Pastor Angel and I are going to be tag-teaming a message that's all about how we can choose to rest. So I, I don't want to go into too much detail on it, but the crazy thing is, is when we share, she's going to unpack how she rests, and I'm going to unpack how I rest. Some of you are going to look at how, re how I rest and be like, that sounds like work. But it's restful to me. And so we need to make sure that we are resting in Him and taking time out. And then lastly, uh, we need to make, how do we be good stewards of our time? We need to make sure that we're making wise choices. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17, it says, so be careful how you live. How many know if the word says be careful, that's something that we should probably lean into and figure out what is the, what is the Lord speaking to me about how I should live? It says, don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. 
Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. So we're living in a time that is evil. And so we need to be mindful of that time. You've been working on your marriage and you've been going to counseling and it's great. And and your spouse has been begging you, can we just have some quality time? I would say in that moment, that's a great opportunity for you to go, you know what? I'm going to put on the calendar nothing. Nothing. Uh, the other day, um, I was looking, and it was odd, and I thought it was odd, and I've had conversations. Uh, but Pastor Angel was leaving for El Salvador, and she said, hey, I'm, on this day, I'm going to make sure it's empty, so it, don't schedule anything over top of it, because obviously we got packing to do. I want to spend time with you before I leave. And I was like, that's great. And then someone had texted me, and was like, hey, was wondering maybe we could do that. And I was like, and I had said, and I had told them, and I was like, yeah, that sounds really good. Yeah, it looks like, oddly enough, there's nothing on my calendar. And then I texted back, I'm an idiot and forgot. Um, there's something on my calendar which was nothing because of time. We wanted to spend time together before we didn't see each other for 11 days. And so we need to be mindful of our time and so make wise choices. Maybe your, your kid has got a, a soccer or a baseball or some type of game that's under the lights. Like it's a big deal. Like, oh, I get to play under the lights. This is going to be great. Uh, the wise choice in that moment is not to work overtime. Like to go, you know what? That's great. You finally get to play on their lights, but I got things to do. Do you know what your kids don't care about? How many hours you work. You know what they do care about is if you spend time with them. Right? And so be making wise choices when it comes to your time. And I wonder too, what if we invested as much time and energy in cultivating our kids' spiritual lives as we do living vicariously through them? Oh, that was quiet. We'll move on. Okay, Romans 12, uh, 15. It says, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. We can't celebrate someone's victory, much less mourn someone's loss if we're always in a hurry. Like, it's very hard to celebrate and sit down and be like, that's so awesome. Tell me more about this. Like, tell me about this experience. Like, I would love for each and every one of you to sit down with, with Hayden or Lexi, like, or, or Renee or Angel or Olivia when they get back and just say, man, tell me about your experience. What did God do? But you're going to need more than 30 seconds. You're going to need some time. And so it's hard to rejoice with those who rejoice and, and those who are walking through some type of trial in their mourning when it's like, oh, you know what, man, I'm so sorry you're going through that. I love you. Pray for you. I don't, I don't know if that's what the Lord would really want from us. He would want us to be a good steward of our time and to make a wise choice and an investment in that. So are you willing to pause and worship with your time? So I said, are you willing to pause and worship with your treasure? Are you willing to pause and worship with your time? And then lastly, what about our talents? God has blessed you with giftings, not for you to keep to yourself, but to be a steward of them and be generous with them. There's a parable in Matthew 25 that Jesus talks about a talent. And in verse 15, he says, each accord, he's given these gifts, these abilities, these talents, each according to his own ability. That means he, he knows the gifts he has given you, and they're unique for you. Right? I loved coaching my kids uh, in sports. Um, and it would be like this. Maybe I'm a baseball coach, right? I'm coaching baseball, and it's, it's the Little League World Series, and it's the bottom of the seventh, and we're up by a run. And you know what? I, I just want the kid who has never pitched before to come in and pitch. Kid, you know what? This is your moment. This is your day. Like, you are going to win this game for us. No, that would be a horrible steward of that gift and ability because what I would want to do as a coach is find the kid who has that ability, who has that gift, who's put in the practice, and put him in a place for him to succeed and not the other kid to fail. But that means we have to be a good steward of those gifts and of those abilities. I love that as as Christians, that he has selected the gifts. Now, some of you are like, but I want different ones, right? Like, 
It's not, how many know sometimes life is not fair? We'll say it this way, favor ain't fair, right? There's some people who just feel, doesn't it seem like they always get all the gifts? Right, like Pastor Phil. Pastor Phil, just, oh, I can play keys. I can sing in any key. Oh, you want me to find a harmony part? Oh, if y'all don't know, worship night, the homeboy, his best instrument is the saxophone. Like, why do you get all the talent and I get none? Like, how about an ounce? How about a little drop? Like, anything for me, Lord? Like, I'm just trying to sing on key. But here's what I love is we don't have to compare our gifts to anybody else's gifts. I don't have, when I get up here and I preach, here's what I know. I don't have to be Billy Graham. I don't have to be Stephen Furtick. I just have to be me. I have to present the gospel in a way with the gifts and the abilities that God has given me. And so all you have to do is steward the gifts that he has given to you. And he gives them. He does. There's so many gifted people in this room today. Did you know that? Right, every given Sunday, there's, there's 60 to 70 people who volunteer to serve. You have gifts. Right, I, I, my gift is not holding babies. It's not it. It's like, I will if you really want me to, if there's nobody else on planet Earth, right? I still get nervous. I'm like, what if I drop them? Right? I don't. This is, this is life, and I'm trying, but Angel, like, you could throw her a baby, and she'd be like, bam, catch it one hand, and everything would be fine, and I'm like, but their neck, and uh, anxiety, and God has given you gifts. Like, as you look around the room, there's so many gifts, right? I'm, I'm, this is not me saying gifts as in you, you go hound these people and tell them to come and help, okay? That's not what I'm, I'm doing here, right? But but man, if you haven't ever, if Jeff Kennedy ever invites you over for his ribs, say yes. I'm not telling, I'm, I'm just saying say yes. Don't, even if you're like, I don't even know who he is. It doesn't matter. Say yes. You, I'm telling you, it, it will be a wise choice. Because everybody has a gift. Right? You're like, man, I don't, I don't know what to do. There's my house. My AC is not running. If I were you, I'd call Anchor Heating and Cooling and Plumbing. That's what I would do. I would just call them. And I would say, hey, my, my AC is not running. Don't call me. Call Chuck. Right? And Chuck would be like, hey, yeah, we can do this. And we're going to come on over and we're going to fix this. Why? Because there's a gift. And so we have to be stewards of that talent, of those gifts. And God is looking at each of us with our abilities and the creativity he's giving us. And he's saying, listen, just use what I've given you. So are you willing to use your talents in worship? There are people who've made this statement to me and they know I run at a, I'll run at a fast pace. Like Pastor Angel, when she left, she goes, I worry for you. I worry more about you than I do myself when I'm in a third world country. She goes, cause I know you won't stop. And I was like, I'll stop when I get tired. <laughs> that was 3 a.m. Cause you made me worried woman. But here's the deal. I was like, okay. I was like, hey, I'll rest. I'll do this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pause. And some people were like, you're really busy and you should slow down. You're right. But if we all took our time and our treasures and our talents, then all of us could slow down just a little bit more. Yeah. Right, this week, this, just on Saturday, we did a little work at the, the duplex, the missions side is, is coming along. And um, I texted some people and, and they said yes, and they showed up because many hands make light work. So if you get a text and you can't say yes, say yes. Right, an opportunity to be able to serve the Lord. And so are you willing to give your talents and worship? I'll close with this statement. 
You cannot do life for Jesus if you're not willing to do life with Jesus. This is a partnership. And so he wants all of you. He doesn't want part of you. He is a jealous God. He, he wants your time, your treasures, and your talent. And so today, we're gonna do something called a reverse offering. Our hosts are ready, and what we're gonna do in just a moment, I'm gonna pray, but we're gonna pass the offering buckets, and we're gonna start from the back, and then we're gonna pass them forward. And so I know if you're here as a guest or you didn't get the, the announcement, uh, my apologies to you, but I'm gonna explain what we're doing, because some of you are like, what is this? I've never heard of this thing called a reverse offering. So we've asked everybody to bring cash. So this is an all cash offering. This is not like throw a check in, uh, if you throw a check in, just make it payable to Lance, L-A-N-C-E. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but this is all cash. And so you're gonna put cash in as it's passed from the back to the front. And then we're gonna reverse that. That's not normally what you would do. But in the book of Acts, it says that the early church, this is what the early church would do. It says that, that, that there were needs among them and people would sell their property. They would sell livestock and they would give to those who had needs so that no one would be in need. I'm not asking you to sell anything. I'm just asking if you have a few dollars so that in this room and those watching online, if there is a need, we can meet that need. So this is the cash offering. All the cash that comes in will go out to meet these needs. We're not keeping this. We're not a, we are not, we are a conduit of his love. We're not a sea that has no out, an outlet. We have an inlet and an outlet. So what comes in is going to flow out. A couple years ago, we did this and um, the needs were really great. And we had, we had money left over and we went to the board and I haven't asked the board for this. So this is not me saying or prophesying this will happen. I'm just saying this happened then. We said, hey, could we match that from our general fund so that we could meet all these needs? And they said, yes. So cash goes in. If you need it, when it comes back to you, you take out. Now, some of you right there, you went, that's not gonna happen because that feels a little icky. Just grabbing out of the offering plate and putting in my wallet. Here's what I want you to do. Because remember, this is not about shame. You go, I have a need, but I just don't feel comfortable doing that. I want you to email me. So if you need my email, I'm gonna say it. It's lance at myrlc.family. And you're gonna send me an email and say, Pastor Lance, um, here's what I need. Uh, it would be great. Anything you could do would be wonderful. I had a lady who, I, this was like her second or third time here in the, in the 9 a.m. She said, I, I did, but I only took out enough to like maybe get some groceries, but I had a huge bill and I missed that bill. And, and she goes, but I, I didn't write down your email. And I said, okay, well, let me write it down for you. And I said, don't, this is not, this is not about guilt. This is an opportunity for us to be a blessing. I said, take that email, send me, I don't know if we can meet at all, but send me the need. That's what we want to do. We're the church. Yeah. We're the church being the church. This is an opportunity for us to put love in action and to be a good steward of our time, our treasures, and our talents. And so we're gonna pray. And if that's you, this is love in action. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel guilty. And if you're like, I can't, even if it's five bucks and you're like, I can't do it, send me an email saying you need five bucks. And we're gonna make sure you get it because this is, this is what the church does, right? This isn't just a place to, to, to show up and be like, okay, I showed up and now what am I supposed to do? You always ask for money. Um, one, it all belongs to the Lord's. It's always his. This is a chance for us to be a blessing to you. So let's pray. Lord, I pray for the offering that's about to be taken. Lord, I know there are needs represented. I know there are people who came in with cash. Lord, even if they thought today it was gonna be five bucks, but, but they know they're hearing your voice and they're supposed to give 10. Lord, I just pray we would say yes to you, whatever that is. And God, I pray that you would help 
you would help this offering. I think about how you took some fish and some loaves and you, you blessed it and you multiply it and everyone had more than enough and there was leftover. God, I pray today that, that there would be more than enough and leftover for us to be a blessing to those in our community. Because we're not here to grow a church, we're here to bless our community. Lord, help us to meet those practical needs because there are hurting people and we want to see a hurt and we want to help heal it. So may we be good stewards of our treasures today. Help us to be people who steward that generosity well. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give.